Bush and Beyond is one of our favorite suppliers that are very authentic and offer some very special experiences in Kenya. So I'm here with Liz, a 15-year friend that we've worked together through APTA, the Association of Promotion of Tourism to Africa, and Sean, who is Chris's son, who we know through Nairobi, and he's over here with us today. So I thought it would be fun for us to maybe communicate everything that we can about the Bush and Beyond portfolio to our listeners to get them to become very excited about things they know nothing about. So why don't we start with Liz? And um, Liz, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. So why don't we talk a little bit about an introduction of like how you got started and tell us a little bit about your background. I am the perfect example of why people end up falling in love with Africa on safari. So just first of all, thanks, Ralph, for having us. And I am Canadian by birth and Kenyan by soul is what I like to say. And I went on safari 16 years ago. I have a background in advertising and headed up an ad agency in Toronto. And so this was my vacation. I went on safari and I stayed at members of the Bush and Beyond portfolio on my first safari and came home and quit my job six weeks later, packed my bags and headed to Kenya. So I always warn your clients when they're heading out that it could be truly life-changing. So I was privileged enough again to stay at a number of other Bush and Beyond properties. And during that time, because one of the things I love about our portfolio is they're all individually owned and operated. So the owners are there on site there. You sit with them at the dinner table, you get to hear their stories. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, one of the owners, the Rancombe family asked me if I would me, consider Rocky and Colin. Rocky and mm-hmm. Colin, and they asked me whether I would consider doing their sales and marketing. And here we are 15 years later. So I've had the privilege of working with all of these owners and now the next generation of them, people like Sean and, mm-hmm. and Colin and Rocky's son and Piers's son, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and now the next generation of the Craig mm-hmm. family. Love um, it. So it's been fantastic. So. I love it. And Sean, tell us about you. Like, what do you love about working in our business? I think probably what I you know enjoy the most is the second generational continuation. Actually, you know, like Liz just said, we are all owner-run and independent properties that come under the Bush and Beyond portfolio, and a lot of them are second generation. You know, myself included. So we have Colin and Rocky and Andrew taking over. You know, Jeremy taking over from Piers and Hillary up at Sarara. Mm-hmm. You know, Sophie and Callum. Sophie's fourth generation living on Lewa. And coming, you know, right down to Tangalier and the Mara. Jackson's got his daughter, Damaris, working with him. I love um, it. And in our office in Nairobi, there's five of us who are second generation within the office. And so why do you love working in the safari business? Every day is a different day. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's ever the same. You know, putting together itineraries, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I enjoy it, actually. You mm-hmm. know, I might not necessarily be on safari myself, but getting to put together things for people who are going to have a great time. Yeah, really, really works well. So, okay, let's talk about who is the candidate for Bush and Beyond. Like, tell me and tell our listeners who is perfect and ideally suited to come to your places. They're very special. They're very unique. You know, it's really often hard to describe the typical customer because we have clients that come from all over and, you know, in all different sort of generational dynamics. But I think they share the same sense of purpose, and that is to try and find an authentic way to experience a safari. And that's becoming really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we were talking about this, Sean and I have been traveling together for a couple of days, and, and about the fact that we're the last portfolio in East Africa of owner-operated properties. And that 
sounds strange and your clients may not understand what that means, but what it does mean is you're, you're meeting people who have chosen to live and make their lives in Kenya for a multitude of generations. And I always see people come to Kenya for the wildlife. Obviously we've got fantastic wildlife, but people leave with stories about the people. And that's what touches people in, in particularly in Kenya is all the different cultures and the opportunity to get to interact with them. And I think that's what makes it special. So I guess what I would describe our ideal client is, is someone who's looking for authenticity and who wants to, you know, create memories. We talk about our, our group of owners being creating memories for generations. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, the three key ingredients into every single trip that I do, it has to be authentic, has to be innovative, and it has to be memorable or we will not do it. That's just what we're known for. So yeah. that's why we're such great partners. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I think we think the same. So... Let me have you take a few minutes and just kind of share what these experiences are like. Like, what are your properties like? Mm-hmm. If you've never been to Kenya before, right? That's yeah. just like the typical. I, my friends went on safari or I've been on safari. I've never been on safari, but like, you know, and my friends went and they did something that everybody's always heard of. Right. But then there's you that they've never heard of. So kind of what is that? Well, you know, I would, again, say that the nice part about where our, our properties are located is that you can make a fantastic itinerary just using our portfolio of properties. And so, you know, obviously, the Mara is the most famous and iconic national park in Kenya, and everybody wants to go there because of the migration. And I always tell people, you know, there is fantastic stuff happening in Kenya 10 months of the year. Really, there's only two months that I say you necessarily don't want to travel in Kenya, and those are our rainy seasons. So November and April can be a bit iffy for us in Kenya. But in the Mara, where we're different than everybody else, is the opportunity to have authentic cultural experiences. Again, the Mara is jam-packed with wildlife. That's fantastic. People are going for that. But I think what you miss out if you don't stay at a property like Tangalia Amara, that's the first Maasai-owned and operated camp in the Mara. That's so great. You're not going to get the opportunity to interact with To feel like Amara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so describe the camp. What is the camp like? Our camp is, you know, and I would say it's, it is comfortable. It is not going to be top of the top luxury because we actually don't want you to be in camp. We want you to get out and mm-hmm. be experiencing the wildlife. You're going to be comfortable. You're going to have a great bed to sleep in, fabulous food, you know, lovely hot shower and all the things you'd want. But we're really focusing on getting you out. And whether that's getting you out on a game drive to go and and see the wildlife, whether that's getting out to be able to walk. I mean, that's another fabulous thing because we sit in private land at all of our camps and lodges. We can get out and walk. We can camel ride. We can horseback ride. You know, there's all sorts of different ways of experiencing. So describe a walk. What would that be like? Because I I think people think I'm not going to get out of the Jeep and I'm going to be eaten by a lion. You know, I always say there's a great quotation I use, and I will admit that I've stolen it from Robert Pope, who sort of was the founder Mm -hmm. of walking safaris. And he describes it as a game drive is like seeing the movie and a walk is like reading the book. Mm. And so... You get into more nuances. You get to learn a bit more about the characters. And we do it safely. We are, I always remind people, this is not a zoo. It is a wildlife park or a conservancy. And so we always walk with an armed ranger. 
We hopefully never have to do anything with that and, and touch wood we never have. Mm-hmm. But when you're out on a walk, you obviously can get quite close to some of the game. So things like giraffe and zebra, you can, you know, get close to and, and get understanding. But you also get to know a little bit about the little five. We always talk about the big five, mm-hmm. you know, the lion, the rhino, mm-hmm. the elephant, buffalo. the buffalo. Mm-hmm. But there is actually a little five too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's often fun to try and find. So the leopard tortoise or the rhino beetle or the buffalo weaver, which is a bird, you know, mm-hmm. you do that. And you learn about the plant life and mm-hmm. and the plants are not only important for the wildlife it's it's their nutrition and you know when you think about it even the lion's kind of eating plants because he's he's eating a herbivore but the plant life has huge cultural implications so we talk about a tree called the Olseki tree which is the sandpaper tree well, it's used in the Maasai culture two ways. One, the leaves feel like sandpaper and mm-hmm. they use it as sandpaper. That's what they do to sort of fine tune their rungas or their spheres. But it's also their peace symbol. So the way we wave a white flag in our mm-hmm. culture, they hold up a branch of the old Seki tree when they're coming to meet together. Mm-hmm. So you learn those sorts of things when you're out on a walk. I love that. Okay, that's really fun. Let's talk about some of the other properties mm-hmm. that you represent. So like my personal favorite is at Lewa, which I've been to many times. Why don't we tell everybody about Lewa? Lewa is a, an amazing place. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It is probably now the largest rhino sanctuary in East Africa and darn close to the continent of Africa. So it's home to over 100 rhino, both black and white, almost equal number. But it's also home to some other unique endangered species. So we have a type of giraffe, uh, giraffe, sorry, zebra called the Grevy zebra. And there are less than 2,500 of these in the world. So they're more endangered than the elephant or the rhino or the giraffe, things that we hear about in the, in the media. Mm-hmm. And the Grevy zebra, 30% of the world's population is found on Lewa. Wow. And it's an absolutely beautiful private conservancy. It was started by the Craig family. It was their original family farm. And now we have the fourth generation and fifth generation of the family living and working there. So Lewa House, our property on Lewa, is owned by Sophie and Callum. And Sophie is the fourth generation of her family. And her kid, their kids were actually born at Lewa. Archie's birth certificate says Cottage 4, Lewa Wildlife Conservancy. Oh, that sounds fun. What can you do on Lewa? On Lewa, obviously we're going to do game drives. I mean, we do game drives at all of our properties. But again, what I like to talk about at Lewa Wildlife Conservancy is that less than 40% of the conservancy is accessible by road. So you need to get out of the car in order to get into certain places. And we'll do that by foot, obviously, going out for game walks. But we also do it on horseback. There's nothing like being on a horse and riding into a herd of zebra or giraffe. You know what? I did that at your property and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That was very special. And then we also have camels and people go camels in in Kenya. You don't think about them as a safari animal. But if you think when we, the amazing thing about Kenya is the equator runs right through the middle. So if you think of North Africa, Mm -hmm. so the northern part of Kenya, you can think about Egypt and Morocco. And of course you think of camels there. So anywhere we are in the northern part of Kenya, you're going to find camels as well. That's fun. And what about Sarara? This has always intrigued me. Sarara. Sarara means the meeting place. um, And it is situated in a conservancy called Namunuk, which is the place of peace in in the Samburu language. And this is the largest community conservation area in all of Africa. It's 850,000 acres, and we are the only safari operation within that conservancy. So it's uh, it's an amazing success story. Uh, It is a community owned and operated. 
And by getting the community involved, and that's what we like to do at all of our properties, we are actually saving the wildlife because the community benefits from the wildlife being there. And it begins to understand for the Sambru and the Maasai in particular, elephants and things were their crop raiders. They were the things that ate, you know, their, their, all of their maize and caused problems, or they may have got into conflict with the humans coming into the villages, etc. So they saw them as their enemy. And now that they're benefiting from, from them being there financially and their children are being able to go to school and medical, medical projects are happening for them, all the result of tourism, they see the elephant as their saviors. And so we now have the second largest herds up at Sarara. This was an area that in the 1970s didn't have an elephant to be found. So it's an amazing success story and a mystical, beautiful what place. What does it look like out there? Uh, How do you describe that? It's, I describe it, you have this amazing ring of mountains, the Matthews Mountain Ranges, that encircle the conservancy. And then in the middle of it, you sort of have these flat kind of scrubland with sort of copies rising out of the middle of it. And up on those Matthews Mountains, you're going to find some of the oldest plant life known to man. And really, the amazing thing about it, which I hadn't realized, is it is actually called a sky island. Because it is surrounded by desert on the rest of the side of it, it's its own little biosphere. Mm. I mean, so literally, picture the biosphere that sits out in Arizona that all of those guys walked into right. and, and locked them away. And you have 850,000 acres of that. That's huge. Yeah. So what is the story with the water slot? Ah, so the fun part again about uh, this part of, of Kenya is we have these great springs up on the mountains. And at certain times of the year, after we've had the rains, obviously there's more water coming through the springs and, and everything. And we have these natural rock slides that you can literally slip slide your way down. We call it sort of a Samburu water park. And it's great fun to be doing that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. You know, I've always heard about the singing wells there. And um, I, I just think this is something that's really interesting. So describe that experience. So the singing wells happen in our dry season. So that is pretty well from, I would say, our dry seasons up in this area sort of is from this January, February, and then again operates sort of July, August, September into October. And the Sambru are like the Maasai, They're, they are livestock people. So they have cattle, they have goats, and they have sheep. And so in the dry season, the rivers have completely dried up. Um, so they have to dig wells down to the groundwater. And the amazing thing is these wells are passed down from generation to generation to generation. So my family, if I was Sambru, would have been going to the same well for over 500 years. Mm. And we just dig deeper each time. So the what happens sort of each morning when they're coming in is they'll come in with their cattle and their sheep and their goats and all to this area where there's probably about 30 or 40 wells in any given area. And then the men will shuck off their clothes and they form a human chain down to the bottom of the well. And right now at Sarara, those wells are five men deep. So they literally are five men down to the bottom, to the top, and they pass buckets of water to the troughs that you'll find on the riverbed. But why they're called the singing wells is at my well, I sing a certain song so my cows and sheep and goats know to come to my well. Sean's well, he would sing a completely different song and his cattle and goats and sheep would go to his well. Your well, you'd sing a different song. So you have this amazing singing and all the bells ringing of the cows and the sheep and the, and the goats coming in. 
And not only what's happening there besides the watering of the livestock is this is the meeting place. That is what Sarara means, meeting place. And so this is where all the business happens. So this is where you and I discuss whether my daughter should marry your son. This is where we settle a domestic dispute. This is where the women get their gossip. I mean, all of that is happening at the wells. So after the livestock leave, that's usually about two o'clock in the afternoon, we'll come back down with our guests They'll and we'll take them to see the changing of the guards. And what we mean by that is, of course, the livestock's left and the elephants now want to come and get some water too. So the Ellie's all come out of the tree and the bushes and come down from the banks and down to the riverbed and they start to stick their trunks in and scrape up whatever water is left. Oh my God, that sounds so special. You know, I don't think people ever realize the cultural connection. I mean, they're all about the game and all about seeing the game. And I think the cultures are really great. I remember when I was at Rocky and Colin's place, I actually went to a Samburu wedding and it was one of the most special things I'd ever been to in my whole entire life. Why don't you talk about Rocky and Colin and their world and their ranch? Well, Colin and Rocky Frankham run a uh, ranch and a lodge called Omalo, which means the place of the greater kudu. And a kudu is a beautiful type of antelope with spiral horns. And what I love about Colin and Rocky and the Frankham family is, and this is appropriate as we're in Texas, it's a working cattle ranch. Mm -hmm. And they've just allowed the wildlife to come on. And so the wildlife intermingles with their domesticated wildlife. So it's a really special spot. And what they have also done, like at Sarara, is they have a wonderful relationship with their local Samburu community. So this is, as you were saying, Ralph, where you saw the Samburu wedding. It's where I got married um, and had my Samburu wedding. Um, I didn't do all everything that they do in a traditional Samburu wedding, but almost. And I love it. I think, you know, what's so lovely about all of the members of the Bushmuon portfolio is that the cultural side just happens intrinsically mm-hmm. because our guides, our staff, our owners are all going to be from the local community. And yes, we'll do the village visits and, and yes, you'll have the opportunity to see the singing wells when they're active, they're, you know, in operation and, and we'll go to a local school and do all of that. But in the meantime, just sort of all the, all the time you're interacting with Samburu or Maasai. I love that. That makes it really special. You know, for years and years, I hate to talk about anything negative in tourism, but I've been to very busy places in Africa, like, for example, the Ngorogoro Crater. And everybody hears about, you know, where a man first walked in, you know, the Ngorogoro Crater. And it's really sad that it's so overcrowded and there's, like, lines of vehicles waiting to get in and T-shirt shocks and all these crazy Maasai that are running after the buses trying to get tips. And it's not like what we have with you which is authentic the real deal yeah 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 and I, and I think our guests just feel that, uh, you know, I'm looking at your business card right now with authentic, innovative and memories. And it, it so um, aligns with exactly what we do. And, and, you know, I think authenticity is everything to us. It, it's what we eat, sleep and breathe. Um, it's probably the most important, you know, thing for us is that we, we offer authentic experiences that create member memories for our guests when they stay with us. Well, and I was just saying, and I don't know who said this, but it's like, you know, you can leave Africa, but African never leaves you you know I don't know where that comes from but I've heard it my whole life and I just love it and I just feel like your experiences at all your properties are so special and unique and I I, talk about like the number of rooms at each place for example and how intimate they are I mean because some of these places like in the Mara these lodges I mean like I don't know the Fairmont or there are like a hundred rooms and these Serena lodges that are a hundred rooms and these junket packages that people go on with buses and hours of driving and like you know they're in these big vans out in the Mara getting high centered and like let's talk about your quality like the vehicles you know how big are your places what it's like 
I always like to say we're, we are intimate because we actually love to, at most of our uh, properties and lodges, get our guests all together around the dining room table and they're hosted by the owners. So we, we need to have a big dinner party every night, which I, which I love. We also, of course, offer, you know, private dining and intimate experiences for those who want it. But our largest lodge is our Nairobi property and the Emma Coco and Anton and Emma there. We have 10 cottages, so we can do 20 guests plus our private villa. So that's our largest. Mm-hmm. Our smallest, Omalo Lodge, is eight guests. So I say on average, we're about 12 to 14 guests at any of our properties. At one time. At one time. When they're completely full. When they're completely full. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. And as such, we try to make sure that all of our guests have a private experience. So when they're in a vehicle, they're going to have their guide at that lodge or camp with them their entire stay. We never change guides. We want you to form a relationship. We want our guide to get to know you, love you, be part of your family by the time you leave. Mm-hmm. And we will put you in a private vehicle. I mean, and when I say a vehicle here, we're not in a minivan, we're not in a pop top, we're going to be in a Land Cruiser or a Land Rover, and you're going to be able to get your pictures and have a guide with you who's going to be able to explain what you're seeing when you're doing a game drive and just have that wonderful, we want to build relationships. We truly believe that you should leave one of our camp, all of our camps and lodges feeling like you just left your family. Yeah, I know I felt that. I love that very much. At least the family you love. So what are three takeaways that our clients and that are listening to this podcast are going to get from Bush and Beyond. We always use, you know, our, our, our motto is, you know, ex- explore, experience, escape. And um, why we use those is we like to say that you're going to get the chance to explore our privately owned camps and lodges. And so you're going to form that relationship with our, with our families while your family is staying with us. When we talk about experience, we really talk about the fact that you're going to get to experience authenticity. So authentic cultural experiences, you know, authentic wildlife. Our wildlife is all moving on its traditional migratory path. And, and having that experience. And last, escape. And, and what we mean by escape is that you're going to get into these amazing private conservancies and you're going to escape from the crowds. You're going to escape from your life back home and you're going to have the opportunity to create, you know, memories in a wonderful, you know, truly magical way. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you all for joining us today. This was really helpful. And you're one of our favorite partners and you always will be. So right thank you. Jess. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I'd love to speak with you more about these wonderful itineraries and things that we do. So please reach out to Ralph at the office. You can call me at 1-877-301-1110. Again, toll free 1-877-301-1110. Please visit our website, www.iantoscatravel.com, spelled I-A-N-T-O-S-C-A. Also, you can uh, send me an email to ralph, R-A-L-P-H, at iantoscatravel.com. Thank you so much.